0: Good evening. This is Patrick Donahue. We appreciate you listening every week at this same time for Bible Crossfire. We try to emphasize the truth here. You shall know the truth. The truth shall make you free from sin. John 8, 32. False doctrine won't do it. Second John says, whoever transgresseth and does not abide in the doctrine of Christ hath not God. So you have to abide in the doctrine, the teaching of Christ, to have God to be saved. So we're going to emphasize the truth, abiding in what the teaching of Christ actually says, because it makes difference spiritually, an eternal difference. Last week, my friend Steve Klein was on with us talking about what it means to baptize in the name of Christ. I think we see that expression four times in the book of Acts. Acts 238 is the one most people remember. Steve, why don't you continue our discussion from last week about what it means to baptize in the name of Jesus Christ.
1: Right, Patrick. It's great to be on with you tonight. Uh, Acts 238, as you mentioned, uh, the apostle Peter says, repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. So, would to be baptized in the name of Jesus, and just a quick review of what we talked about last week, to to do something in Jesus' name is to do it with his approval, with his authority, to his glory, for the reason and the purpose that he has assigned and we're not just to be baptized in his name in fact Colossians 3 and verse 17 says that we're to do all in the name of the Lord Jesus whether whatever we do in word or deed we're to do all in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ giving thanks to God the Father through him so we talked a little bit last week we're, we're to do our charitable deeds in the name of the Lord Jesus uh, we're to pray in the name of the Lord Jesus so doing things in the name of the Lord Jesus means to do those things uh, that he's told us to do and the way that he's told us to do them uh, and for the purpose that he's told us to do them. And we saw that when it came to charitable deeds. I mean, you can do charitable deeds, but if, if you don't do them with your heart in the right place, if you're doing them for selfish motives or whatever, uh, you're not going to receive your reward. You haven't really done them in the name of Jesus. You you can pray, uh, but if you pray selfishly or with carnal motives Uh, Without forgiveness in your heart, for instance, God's not going to answer those prayers, and and so you haven't really prayed in the name of the Lord Jesus. So to do things in the name of the Lord Jesus is to do it his way uh, for the reason that he wants it done and thus in a way that will glorify him. Uh, We also noticed last week that just because somebody claims to have done something in the name of Jesus doesn't mean that they have. Uh, People claimed to cast out demons in Jesus' name. Uh, In Acts chapter 19, there were some people that tried to do that, and uh, they were wholly unsuccessful because they didn't really have the authority of Jesus to do those things. So when we get to baptism in the name of Jesus, and let's continue on now tonight, uh, baptism in the name of Jesus, uh, if we're to do it for the purpose that he wants it done, according to Scripture, we would need to believe in order to be baptized, because in Acts chapter 8 and verse 37, uh, you know, when... Philip and the eunuch were going down the road, and uh, the eunuch says to Philip, here's water, what hinders me from being baptized? And in Acts chapter 8 and verse 37, uh, Philip answers and says, well, if if you believe, you may. And uh, we'll talk about that some more maybe in in a little while, but believing is required in order to be baptized. You must be a believer. Baptism requires that one be baptized for the remission of sins. That's a purpose for baptism, Acts 2 and verse 38, as we've already seen. In Acts 22 and verse 16, Ananias was sent to Saul of Tarsus uh, to tell him some things to do. Uh, A lot of people think Saul was converted and saved on the road to Damascus. He had a change on the road to Damascus, but he wasn't saved yet because he still had his sins. Uh, When he got to Damascus, Ananias was sent to him, and Ananias told him, Why are you waiting? Arise and be baptized and wash away your sins, calling on the name of the Lord. And so the purpose of baptism is to wash away sins. The purpose of baptism is to put on Christ, Galatians 3 and verse 27, as many of you as have been baptized into Christ have put on Christ. So anyone who has not been baptized for these reasons and and for these purposes, uh, which are the reasons and purposes that Christ gives us in his word, has not been baptized in the name of Jesus. Uh, That's as simple as that. We must, if we're to be baptized in his name, uh, be baptized for these reasons and these purposes. I want to demonstrate that a little bit further this evening. And uh, we're going to go over to Acts 19 again and look at the first part of that chapter. Acts 19, and beginning in verse 1. It happened while Apollos was at Corinth That Paul, having passed through the upper regions, came to Ephesus, and finding some disciples, he said, Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? So they said to him, We have not so much as heard whether there is a Holy Spirit. And he said to them, Into what then were you baptized? So they said, Into John's baptism. And Paul said, John indeed baptized with a baptism of repentance, saying to the people that they should believe on him who would come after him, that is, on Christ Jesus. When they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus, So, here here are some individuals who had been baptized into John's baptism, but it wasn't baptism in the name of Christ, it didn't get them into Christ. And so the text goes on to say that when Paul had laid hands on them, the Holy Spirit came upon them and they spoke with tongues and they prophesied, and there were about 12 in all. So, 12 men here in the city of Ephesus were baptized in the name of Christ, in the name of Jesus for the right reasons, in order to get into him, in order to have their sins remitted, in order uh, to have their sins washed away, in order to uh, put on Christ, as we noticed also Galatians 3.27 saying. So just to talk about this uh, account for just a minute, um, uh, uh, in the first part of it in chapter 19 and verse 1 mentions that Apollos had gone to Corinth, and the last part of chapter 18 of the book of Acts, we see that uh, Apollos had been teaching in Ephesus for some time, and he he didn't know the truth about baptism. And the text tells us back in 18 and 25 of the book of Acts, that this man had, had been instructed in the way of the Lord, being fervent in the spirit, he spoke and taught accurately the things of the Lord, though he knew only the baptism of John. So he'd been teaching accurately the things of the Lord. He apparently knew a lot about uh, what the Lord wanted, and he was teaching them accurately, but he wasn't teaching baptism right. He was he was teaching the baptism of John. He was teaching baptism, but it was John's baptism, not the baptism for remission of sins, to get into Christ, to put on Christ, uh, to have your sins washed away. Not that baptism. He was teaching John's baptism. And so here you have a situation where apparently, uh, at least at, I think it's at least implied, and I think the context indicates that Perhaps these 12 men who had been baptized into John's baptism had, uh, whether Apollos had taught them or somebody else in this neighborhood had taught them, obviously, they, they had been taught uh, John's baptism. And that's what they had been baptized into. According to the text, the only thing Apollos did not teach accurately about baptism uh, was about baptism. He, he actually knew, as I said, as the text says, the way of the Lord. Let me let me say something about that for a second. Uh, the phrase, the way, talking about the way of the Lord, but the, the, just that two-word phrase, the way, is used seven other times in the book of Acts. And in every other instance, it has an obvious reference to those who claim their faith in God through Jesus Christ, who were legitimate Christians. You can see it uh, I'll just give you the verses. You might jot them down and look at them later. We won't take the time right now. But Acts 9 and verse 2, Acts 16 and verse 17, Acts 18 and verse 26, Acts 19 and verse 9, Acts 19 and verse 23, Acts 24, verse 14, and Acts 24 and verse 22. All of those passages in the book of Acts talk about the way, and it's talking about the way that those who are in Christ are are walking. So getting back to our text in Acts chapter 18 and 19. Apollos was teaching uh, the way of the Lord. He knew the way. In fact, the text that the text says he knew the way of the Lord. Except, except he didn't know about the proper purpose and mode. Uh, I, I should say the purpose of baptism. Uh, and, and so, obviously. A baptism which is not in the name of Christ for the remission of sins, that wasn't going to save these 12 men in Ephesus. It's not going to save anybody today. And anybody that hasn't been baptized for that purpose, for the right purpose, like those 12 men had not been, needs to be baptized into Christ, in the name of Christ, for the remission of sins, in order to have their sins washed away, in order to put on Christ. These are the purposes that the Bible gives for baptism, along with some others that could be named, First Peter chapter three and verse twenty-one tells us that baptism saves us. You could add that to the list of the purpose of baptism. Um, so, our, our plea really is: if you've not been baptized in the name of Jesus, uh, you know our question is the same one that Ananias asked Saul of Tarsus so long ago: Why are you waiting? Uh, let's let's be baptized in the name of Jesus for the reasons that he wants us to be baptized, for the purpose he wants us to be baptized, with the authority that he has given us uh, in order that we might have remission of sins and put on Christ and have our sins washed away. Let's be
0: baptized in the name of Jesus for the remission of our sins. If you have a Bible question or comment for for myself, or you want to ask Steve a question about this topic or any other Bible topic, give us a call at 877-655-6755. The number, again, you want to get on the air, Bible question or comment, 877-655-6755. Steve, I have this illustration I like to use to try to help people to see that it makes a difference when Acts 2.38 says, be baptized for the remission of sins, that we really need to do it for that reason or the baptism is unscriptural. Matthew 19, 9, on a completely different subject. Sometimes this may not be a good illustration because there's not a whole lot of people that really like to stand for the truth on Matthew 19, 9. But it's really easy for people to understand. Let me read the first part of Matthew 19, 9. Jesus is speaking. He says, Whosoever shall put away his wife or divorce his wife, except it be for fornication, and shall marry another, committeth adultery. Now, I've been married to Carol for 32 years, and I think everybody can see what this is saying is that if Carol cheats on me sexually, then I may divorce her for that reason. God approves of the divorce, and I can remarry without sin. But if I, if she doesn't cheat on me, if I divorce her for, say, incompatibility, then if I divorce her for that reason, God does not approve of the divorce. It's an unscriptural divorce, and if I remarry, I'm committing adultery. So, the the, the the whole thing resol- revolves around the reason I divorce her. If I divorce her for the reason God says for fornication, the divorce is scriptural, approved of by God. But if I divorce her for any other reason other than what God said, since he gave a reason for fornication, if I divorce her for any other reason, the divorce is unscriptural, God does not approve of it. Now, let's use that same reasoning, which I think everybody can see, back in put it back in Acts 2.38. In Acts 2.38, Peter says to repent and be baptized for for the remission of sins. Now, think about the reasoning we used in Matthew 19.9. If we do it for the remission of sins, the baptism, for that purpose, in other words, in order to get the forgiveness of sins, then God's going to approve of that uh, baptism. It's a scriptural baptism. But if we do it for any other reason, like if we do it because we we, we think we're already saved and then we get like when we accept Christ, we walk down the aisle uh, like when I did when I was grew up in the Baptist church. I, I, I be, t- did what they taught me. I believed in Christ, walked down the aisle, accepted Christ. They taught me then that I was saved from my sins. They scheduled my baptism for a couple of weeks later. So when I got baptized a couple of weeks later, I wasn't doing it for the remission of sins. I thought I already had the remission of sins two weeks before that. If we can understand that if you get a divorce for a reason other than fornication, God does not approve of the divorce (Matthew 19:9), 9, then we ought to be able to understand that if we get baptized, like I did for a reason other than for the remission of sins, then I really that baptism is not scriptural. God does not approve of it. Approve of it, and like those folks in Acts 19:1 through 5 that Steve brought up, I would need to get rebaptized. This time, I would need to do it for the right reason. For the remission of sins. You can't get the remission of sins unless you get baptized for the remission of sins. If you have a Bible question or comment, give us a call at 877-655-6755. I have this article that I wrote recently on why you have to be baptized for the remission of sins. I'll give you my number at the end of the program. You call or text me, and I'll send you that article to your email. Steve?
1: Appreciate that, Pat, and I think your illustration is really a good one. I, I think um, it's clear throughout Scripture, really, that the things that the Lord tells us to do, He wants us to do for the reasons that He tells us to do them. And oftentimes, uh, people are not wind up being not pleasing to God and not accepted of Him if they don't do what He said to do for the reasons that he said to do those things. And your example with uh, divorce, I think, is is very valid. Um, We might wanna go on for a little bit and and maybe talk about another issue or two that relates to being baptized in in the way that the Lord wants us to. Uh, I I think it's important that uh, the person who's being baptized, if if we're going to baptize in the name of the Lord, it be done uh, for someone who's a proper candidate for baptism uh baptism is 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 for sinners uh first of all and uh i know there are a lot of folks today that think that may, maybe infants should be baptized um well the, the scriptures indicate that infants are not sinners and they haven't inherited sin from their parents either so in Acts, in ezekiel chapter 18 and verse 20 Of course, Ezekiel said, the soul that sins, it shall die. The son shall not bear the guilt of the father, nor the father bear the the guilt of the son. The righteousness of the righteous shall be upon himself. The wickedness of the wicked shall be upon himself. I know we could talk a lot about that for a long time, but um, I think
0: that's an important point. Mandy from Canada, go ahead with your Bible question or comment.
2: Hi, how's it going?
0: Steve and I are doing fine. Wonderful. Thank you for your call.
2: So um, on today's topic, I actually have a question. So we all believe that Jesus' death uh, on the cross
0: was sufficient for, for our, our sins? Steve, you want to answer that question for our friend Mandy?
1: The Christ's death on the cross was sufficient to uh, for our sins. In answer to the, the question, uh, he died for our sins, and his death, uh, is what enables us to get forgiveness of our sins, but of course, uh, his death on the cross doesn't save everybody for, from their sins because people have to respond to uh, what he wants you to do to take advantage of of, of his death. Um, and obviously, I think most people—I don't know about Mandy—maybe uh, she could tell us—but most people understand we have you have to believe uh, in Christ if you, if you want to be forgiven of your sins, and then Jesus, you know, said in in Mark chapter 16, uh, he who believes and is baptized shall be saved, so that's the words of Jesus Christ himself telling us, well, here's what I want you to do to be saved, so uh, when he said that, he died for mankind already, he'd been risen from the dead, and uh, so the price was paid for our sins, but then he tells us what to do still to be saved, and yeah, yeah, the cross is sufficient to uh, forgive all sins of mankind to cover all the sins of mankind but we still have to do what he says there's an interesting parallel of course in baptism with uh, the death of Christ itself you can read in Romans chapter 6 that we are buried with Christ Romans 6 and verse 3 says do you not know that as many of us as were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death uh-huh. so when we're baptized that's actually when we come in contact with what Jesus did on the cross when we're baptized, we're baptized into his death. Therefore, we were buried with him through baptism into death, that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. So, yes, Christ's death is uh, the essential thing about our forgiveness, and it certainly covers our sins, but we need to get in contact with his death, and we do that by believing and being baptized. Pat? Yeah.
0: I,
2: I agree with that, but I guess that the challenge that I have with that is, um, like John 3.16, Acts 16, Ephesians 2.8, they all say that um, payment for our sins is appropriated to our account by faith alone. So anything other than faith by grace through faith alone is considered, in my opinion, work-based. So there are individuals that don't have a chance to get baptized before their last breath. And uh, so are you saying that if someone accepts Jesus in their very last breath wholeheartedly, that because they don't get baptized,
0: that they're not saved. Mandy, let me ask you something. In John three sixteen, it talks about having to believe to be saved. It doesn't mention there that a person has to repent to be saved. But surely you think a person has to repent of his sins in order to be saved by the death of Christ, don't you? Well, I
2: believe that that's part of, of this faith in Jesus is understanding why he died for us, and he died well, for us for our sins. So in order to to believe in him and upon him, we have to believe that we ourselves are sinners and that we need to be saved from our sins.
0: So yeah, I believe but, that but
2: understanding it, and acknowledging him is is a way of acknowledging our repentance and our need of him.
0: Well, my point was that John 3.16 doesn't mention repentance, but we know from other passages like Luke 13.3, you have to repent. So John 3.16 when it doesn't mention repentance, it's not ruling out repentance as being necessary. Same way with Mark sixteen sixteen, John three 16 doesn't mention baptism. Doesn't mean it's ruling out baptism. We're not t- t- teaching a work salvation because we're not saying that baptism saves us in the sense that it earns our salvation. We're saying that baptism saves us in the sense that the death of Christ earns mm-hmm. our salvation. But only those who trust and obey receive salvation. The mm-hmm. the death of Christ, Steve. You got a comment?
1: Yeah, um, talking about John three sixteen. It's interesting that uh, very few people know what the two verses previous to John three sixteen say. Can I read them to you? Um, it says, "And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up, and whoever believes in Him should not perish but have eternal life." And that the parallel that Jesus makes. To the serpent in the wilderness, you may know the story. The children of of Israel sinned, and uh, Moses was told to make a brass serpent. Uh, God had sent snakes among them, and, you know, the snakes were biting people, and people were dying all over the place. And God Mm -hmm. had had, said, you know, you have to look at the serpent on the pole in order to be saved from the snake bite, right? Yeah. Um, That was an act of faith on their part. They
0: had to do something. They had to look at the snake, um, don't you but think? looking at a, the snake, looking at the snake is not what healed him. God healed him. Go ahead, Steve. Well, that's what I'm trying to say that's not a work salvation. <laughs> they weren't saved by works, but they still had to do
1: something. They had to believe, and they had to look at the snake. And and uh, you know, salvation's just like that. Earlier in the text, in John chapter three, Jesus told Nicodemus, "You must be born of water and spirit. Uh, <laughs> you know, you must be born again."
2: I agree with you on all of that um i guess i guess for me i didn't get baptized for a year after i i feel that i was saved when i had my saving moment and i just i i have a question then so if someone as i mentioned earlier has their repentance moment and they they have maybe a jesus encounter in their final final moments of life um do you feel that then they are not saved if they don't have an opportunity to be baptized
0: Steve? Well,
1: a, a couple of things. I, I, when the question gets back to would, would Saul of Tarsus have died in his sins has he had he died in the days between when the Lord appeared to him on the road to Damascus and when he was in Damascus and praying for three days and was told after that to arise and be baptized and wash away his sins. The reality is that God has told us plainly, what he wants us to do to believe and to do in order to be saved and he is the judge of all of that i just teach people to do what god tells us to do and and i would encourage you and everybody who's listening to believe and be baptized for the remission of your sins believe repent and be baptized for the remission of your sins not because your sins have already been forgiven but because that's the purpose of baptism that's plainly seen in these scriptures that we've been talking about and uh, I, I've, I've never known anybody uh, who was a believer who was trying to get to be baptized who didn't make it. Now, there um, there may have been somebody like that in the world sometime, but I've been preaching a long time. I've never known that to happen to anybody. But the point is, it's God's decision. Uh, it's his uh, word, and it's his. Word that we must ob- believe and obey. Pat?
0: Mandy, we really appreciate your call. Appreciate you listening to the program. We're going to have to go off the air in about 30 seconds, so we'll, maybe we can talk to you again sometime, okay?
2: Thanks very much.
0: All right, thank you, Mandy. Uh, and we want to thank Steve for being on the air with us. As usual, I want to mention that if you'd like a free one hour phone Bible study with me, whenever it's convenient for you, I can do it morning, afternoon, or evening. I want you to call or text me on my cell phone number, 256-682-9753. Or if you want me to send you that article about why a person has to be baptized for the remission of sins, for the remission of sins, in order to get the remission of sins, I'll be glad to send you that article, of course, free of charge. Call or text me, 256-682-9753. If you'd like the article or the free Bible study, 256-682-9753. Appreciate you listening.